if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. And a good morning to you. Thank you for being with us as we get rolling at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock this morning. It is a Tuesday, the 28th morning of the fourth month of the year of our Lord 2020. Coming up on the program, Peter Kersenow. As it is Tuesday, it's a glorious treat for all of us. That means it's Kersenow Day. And Peter will be joining us at 1010 for the entirety of of the second hour. And yes, Peter will take calls as well. This is not something we normally do, but we're in, you know, abnormal times right now. And uh, I want to make Peter accessible to everybody. I've got lots of great questions for him. We will have lots of great discussions and maybe debates. We don't debate very often, Pete and I. We see eye to eye. And it's probably because I'm smart enough to realize you don't disagree with somebody who is as smart as he is. Uh, but it, literally, we will have good discussions. Sometimes we don't agree on everything, but I want to get you involved in that as well. So in the 10 o'clock hour from 1010 until 11 o'clock, Peter Kirshenow will be with us. He will be here for the hour, and he will take calls at 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. He's the only guest on the program today, which means we have a lot of things, a lot of time rather here in the first hour to hear from you and to share with you a lot of very important information. So let's start with yesterday's presentation. In fact, let me, let me, let me back off it after just one second and point out something that's going on in a, a state far, far away from us. It's all the way up in the north, uh, even though it's called South, South Dakota. South Dakota residents are planning a huge parade or throwing a huge parade for their governor, Christy Noem. And the reason they're throwing her a parade is because she puts South Dakotans' interests first. She puts South Dakota's people, workers, businesses, children, she put them before fear and hysteria and panic. And she did not close down her state and to thank her for allowing the South Dakota economy to survive what is still a very challenging situation for them, as it is in else in other places, uh, they uh, they planned a big old parade through that for her with engines, they had fire trucks, they had emergency vehicles, they had people walking, 
keeping their social distances, in other words, being responsible adults. They did this on their own. They weren't told by anybody what they had to do because they're grown-ups. And uh, with all of the, uh, you know, the emergency vehicles blaring their horns and sirens, uh, they rode by and she stopped and said, what is this? Because she wasn't told. She said, what is this? And they said, it's a parade for you, ma'am. Wave to him. And with that, the governor of South Dakota waved a number of times as she strolled and observed what was going on outside the Capitol before stopping to pause and place a hand over her mouth, appearing to be moved by the gesture. Now, she will probably be criticized for putting her hand to her mouth. But she said in a Twitter post after, I am so blessed to serve the people of the great state of South Dakota. You folks made my day. They're celebrating the governor of South Dakota in South Dakota. I would like to throw a parade in the state of Ohio for Governor Mike DeWine. And that parade will take us on a route that ends up in his impeachment. Mike DeWine can no longer be the governor of the great state of Ohio. Mike DeWine is no Republican, and I don't want to hear from one single Republican leader, committee member, central committee member, uh, organization that tries to tell me otherwise. Mike DeWine is a spineless jellyfish of a liberal leader who has given all power in this state to a scared liberal doctor. She is, he has given all power to Dr. Amy Acton, and she is wielding it like a, like a, a, a sledgehammer. That's the truth of the matter. He has absolutely zero intestinal fortitude. Zero courage to stand up and say to Dr. Labcoat Amy Acton, you were wrong. We were wrong. The models from Imperial College in London were wrong. The models that were used in Washington State were wrong. We were wrong. We took some steps at the beginning of this whole thing based on what we thought would happen. What we thought would happen didn't happen. Mitigation and social distancing and lockdowns aside, it didn't happen. And now we have a state with empty hospitals, with laid off and furloughed health care workers that we thought we wouldn't even have enough of because we were going to get slammed with COVID patients. We were wrong. We didn't get slammed with COVID patients even when the peak was supposed to have happened, according to those models, before social distancing lockdown orders were even put in place. So every time Mike DeWine starts one of his 2 o'clock bull sessions, and that's exactly what it is, it is a bunch of bull with, you've done a great job, Ohio, you are the reason why we are so far ahead of the game. That's garbage. That is garbage. First and foremost, trash, baloney, don't believe it. Because, again, the models that she used when she said we'd be having 98,000 cases per day. Per day. And she was only off by about 97,500. And, in fact, that's even too much. We're not even having 500 cases a day. Not even close. But when he and she made those plans and locked us all down, see, here's this is this is why I I want to try to back up a little bit here. 
The reason I want Mike DeWine impeached, and I'm not even kidding, I put on Facebook and I put on social media yesterday, that's it. He has signed his own political death warrant. His political career is over. He will never be reelected, and I promise you, we will do everything in our power to get him primaried. Jim Renacci needs to be the next governor of the state of Ohio unless somebody else can find somebody better. We need somebody who actually believes in the power and, 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 the, and the, the sanctity, quite frankly. I was going to say the power of the people of Ohio and the sanctity of their lives. People like Mike DeWine have allowed Amy Acton to play uh, animal farm mortality games suggesting that the only concern we should have in this state is killing the COVID virus and the people who have been touched by and infected by the COVID virus are the only victims we need to care about. Forget about everybody else. Michael DeWine has given lip service, has given lip service only to people. You know, he said yesterday, it breaks my heart to know that there are businesses closed and people out of work. Are you kidding me? People are dying, and you don't care because they're not dying of COVID. People, poverty kills people. Do you understand that? Poverty kills people. People being out of work and out of hope lead to terrible consequences. And Mike DeWine does not care. Yesterday, Mike DeWine backed off of his May 1st phased reopening. Oh, yes, phase, uh, phase one is still going to start on May 1st, he said, but what business is? Um, none. Just that we're going to let hospitals go back to doing elective surgeries and procedures. First of all, that's too late. Thousands and thousands and thousands of healthcare professionals who were told, we're going to need you to work on the massive number of COVID patients that are going to crush all of our emergency rooms. So we can't, we can't be doing other elective procedures. Cancel everything else. Then we don't get crushes of people, massive numbers of people in, the, in our emergency rooms, and these healthcare workers have nothing to do. They have nothing to do, so they're all furloughed and laid off. Do their jobs matter? Do their lives matter? Do their livelihoods matter? So Mike DeWine says, okay, we're going to go back on May 1st to um, at least uh, starting the, um, the emergency, uh, 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 I'm sorry, the elective procedures in emergency rooms and hospitals. That doesn't mean squat. Everything else is bumped back to the second week of May, May 12th, 13th, 14th, before other things are going to be open. And then, and this is the part that put me over the top yesterday when I listened to that slimy, smarmy, squirmy, liberal Mike DeWine allowing Amy Acton to control his state. When he said we will open up certain things in the second week on a really, really limited basis, which, by the way, is going to continue to kill businesses. When you open them up on tiny, limited basis, uh, uh, basis. Because when businesses can only serve a tiny portion of the customers they used to serve, guess what they don't make? Profits. And guess what they also cannot afford to do? Bring back their laid-off workers because you only need enough to serve the very few that you're able to deal with. In other words, the economic calamity will continue and more people will file for unemployment and more people will lose their access to the funds that they need for their necessities 
for their insurance premiums, for their utility bills, for their mortgage, for their rent, for their car payments, for their food, etc., etc. More and more people will become desperate because he refuses to do one thing, and that is, as I said, say that you were wrong to Amy Acton. We were wrong. We were operating under something that didn't happen. Now let's operate on the reality as we see it. And the reality is we are in great shape. This virus has a mortality rate of less than 1%, not 3 or 4%, less than 1%. This virus is not a reason to destroy more lives, more businesses, more workers. It is not. And then yesterday, again, five protocols for all business. My friends, this is the part, like I said, where I really had had my fill. I have been saying to you on these airwaves for the last almost six weeks that they are making it up as they go along. They are guessing every step of the way. And this is the latest example and the worst example or best example, depending on your perspective, of what I was talking about. Five protocols for all businesses that will be reopening or businesses that are currently open because they were deemed by somebody to be essential. Number one, no mask, no work, no service, no exception. Required face coverings for employees and clients and customers at all times. This is directive number one from Amy Labcoat, this pseudo medical professional who is pure politician now, who is enjoying her run of power handed to her by Mike DeWine. No mask, no work, no service, no exceptions. Now, why was this the one thing that put me over the edge when it comes to Mike DeWine? I was still towing that line, very angry with him, very disappointed in him, very frustrated in him, not believing in him, but understanding a little bit about where he was coming from. I have gone from that 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 towing that line, walking that tightrope, to full on the other side. He's got to go. I want him impeached. Don't wait for the primary. Impeach him. Why is the mask what puts me over the edge? I will answer that question right after this on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, it's 924. Thanks for being with us on AM 1420, The Answer. So yesterday, Governor Mike DeWine, Governor Mike DeSpineless, and I'm sorry, I've got gloves are off, that's it, I don't care. I don't care anymore. I don't care about getting him back on the program, I want him gone. Yesterday, Mike, uh, Governor Mike DeWine said, in order to try to stop the spread of the virus, everybody must wear masks in public locations. To do business, to be a customer, to be a worker, you must wear a mask. We have to save lives. Why is that the deal breaker for me? Because just four weeks ago, this man and every other politician and medical professional was telling us that masks were not necessary. And in fact, the Surgeon General of the United States said, don't wear them. They're bad for you. Literally, the Surgeon General, Dr. Jerome, Jerome Adams, said in an interview, multiple interviews in fact, that people who wear uh, masks to combat or fight or whatever this infectious disease, 
are more likely to touch their faces. Surgeon, this is one month ago. Surgeon General Jerome Adams, you can increase your risk of getting it by wearing a mask if you're not a health care provider. Folks who don't know how to wear them properly tend to touch their faces a lot and actually can increase the spread of coronavirus. This was in late March. At the same time, Mike DeWine and Anthony Fauci, again, medical professionals and politicians alike, were saying, no, 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 you people do not need to wear masks. Masks are only if you are symptomatic and you feel uh, uh, like you may, be, uh, you may be coming down with something. Wear, wear it so that you don't spread it to other people. But we do not need to wear it on a widespread basis. This was the Surgeon General. What did he know in late March, or excuse me, not know in late March, that we suddenly knew on April 1st? Because when the start of this month, when the calendar flipped, suddenly it was, you know, we really encouraged the, the wearing of masks. Really? You just told us not to. You told us that when we touch our, and it's true, by the way, the people who are mask wearers now, I hear a lot of them saying it's terrible. They do it because they're scared. Because panic and hysteria have been pushed into their homes while they're quarantined on their televisions, through their phones and through their computers, and they're scared. And they say it itches, and they touch their face to scratch. And they say it fogs up their glasses, and they touch their mask and their eyes and their glasses to clean them. They say that it doesn't fit comfortably, and so they're adjusting it constantly. In other words, they're putting their hands on their faces more than I ever would as I walk through grocery stores with no mask. Dr. Adams acknowledged that, told people, don't wear them. You could spread the virus worse because you're constantly putting your hands to your mouth and you're going and your face and your nose, and you're going to infect yourself. Now, all of a sudden, it went from don't wear masks to, well, we encourage the use of masks to now you cannot conduct commerce. You cannot be a business. You cannot run a business, work in a business, or shop in a business, or be a, a, a consumer unless you are wearing a mask. This is why I'm done with Mike DeWine. How on earth can it be a lifesaver and and, and not be mandatory six weeks ago. How can it be a lifesaver and not be mandatory right now? Instead of May 12th or May 14th or whatever it is. What? So May 14th, it's not safe to go into a store without a mask, but right now, April 28th, it is? Right now, we can soak in and breathe in as many germs as we want. And we can spew forth all of the germs from our own mouths and noses that we want without a mask. And it's A-OK. But come the 14th, that's got to be really, really, really dangerous then. Then if you don't have a mask, you can't come into the store. What is that? I have been saying this for weeks. They are making it up as they go along. DeWine pushed back. The opening of businesses, he said, would start on May 1st, and now it's just, well, hospitals can start elective surgeries. He's going to keep pushing things back to late May and into June and into July, and he's going to wreck the entire state of Ohio to a point that it is literally irreparable, unable to be repaired with any amount of economic stimulus. He's going to continue to push these things back, scare the bejesus out of people, scare them, 
into doing exactly what they're told by Herr DeWine and by Frau Acton. And I'm sorry, that's how it appears. We don't take kindly to dictatorships. I'm not even sure, and I'm not a lawyer. I'm not even, is it constitutional? Has it ever been tested before for a government official and executive to issue an order requiring a certain piece of clothing to be worn by all people in public places? I don't know that that's ever, ever been done. And that's what I consider a mask to be. It's a piece of clothing. And if you want to say, okay, it's a piece of corrective, or excuse me, a piece of, um, uh, a piece of uh, protective equipment. Okay. Have, have people ever been required to wear a protective equipment before in public places? Ever. Why don't they, why don't they require hard hats to pre- protect us from falling objects? Why don't they require us to wear uh, uh, coveralls to protect us from harmful UV rays? Is what I'm saying absurd? Yes, it is. Absolutely. But no more absurd than what this guy and this the people running this state are doing. They have zero, zero justification for what they are doing right now as they continue to refuse to open our state, to refuse people the opportunity to make a living, feed their families, pay their mortgages, and now to dictate their behavior. All, and by the way, the peak has come and gone. The curve has been flattened like a son of a gun. And as the disease is fading and ebbing away, now you must wear masks? Not during the height of it all six weeks ago. Now? Like somebody said online yesterday, putting on a condom after the woman is already pregnant is a little bit counterproductive. Be right back. Simply blown away by the number of people who are willing to accept tyranny. Blown away by the number of people who are willing to be told how to live and what to do. If you don't see the end game and the goal now of this government, and I'm talking about the liberal government of the state of Ohio with liberal Democrat Governor Mike DeWine, uh, who is uh, who has allowed liberal pro-abortion rights activist uh, Dr. Amy Labcoat to establish health policy in this state, and I'm talking about people at the federal level as well. If you don't think, uh, if you don't understand, I should say, the goal here, to keep people terrified of this, so because the more, they, the more scared people are, what are they willing to do? Just about anything you tell them. Just about anything you tell them. You want to live? Do what we say. Okay. If you don't think that this is a movement to control the people like they've never been controlled before, then you're just not paying attention. And I'll give you another example. The unemployment compensation, which has been expanded so exponentially, $600 a week instead of $300 a week, and a percentage of your, your, your uh, old pay, your last pay, people are, I mean, an average schmo it can make $52,000 a year with the new unemployment rules. And they're not going back to work. 
They're being they're telling their bosses, by the way, when you reopen, don't call me back. I'm gonna live on my unemployment. It's better for me. What is that? Aside from the obvious, which is it's it's extraordinarily telling about the individuals who would rather live off of the government's uh, pay rather than continue to go and do what they used to do for work. The the individuals, it's it's pretty bad. It says a lot about them. But what does it really say? It says that, yes, the people would be willing to agree to a universal basic income. This is a trial balloon for UBI. Universal basic income is what the far-left socialists are demanding. Minimum wage isn't enough. Everybody deserves a living wage. And the only way to make sure that everybody has that living wage is to give them the option. Whether you want to work or not work, everybody gets the same basic income. Keeping, In other words, disincentivizing achievement, advancement, promotion. Just give everybody the same and they don't even have to work if they don't want to. This is an attempt to get people to give it a little run, give it a little try here. How do you like sitting around and not having to work to get big old checks from the government? Now, eventually those checks will shrink a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. But UBI will have proven to be really, really tempting for a lot of people. Control. This is about controlling the people. This is about revoking liberty. And rather than having government working for their bosses, the people, the government will now be the bosses, handing people their checks, telling them what they can wear and when, telling them what they can do and when, where they can congregate and when, in what size groups they can cluster and when. This is the control that a lot of people have warned about for many, many, many years. And we're seeing it play out before our very eyes. Uh, Let me get this real quick before I go to uh, phone calls. Dr. Deborah Burks. Remember what I was saying about the masks? Dr. Deborah Burks was on Fox this morning. Well, this is what we know about this virus. We know that talking, singing... Certainly sneezing and coughing can pass the virus on to others. And because you can pass it when you're asymptomatic, people don't know that they're infected. And so if there's virus in the community or you're gathering people from different areas of a state where there may be still residual virus, a no virus, if everybody wears a face mask, then you're protecting the other person. Because it's really having the asymptomatic individuals wearing masks. But since you don't know if you're one of those, really everyone needs to. That's not news. Deborah Burks, Mike DeWine, Amy Labcoat, that's not news. That's not new. We knew in March when this thing started. We knew before it came to the United States shores. We knew when it was still in Wuhan and in Europe. That coughing, talking, singing, sneezing... And all of these things can pass the virus on. We knew it was human-to-human transmission, and we knew that it came from those things. And nobody required masks in March. In fact, they discouraged people from wearing masks in March. And I don't want to hear about, well, they just didn't want people to buy the PPE that we needed for the healthcare workers. People were told not even to make their own. Because it's pointless, they were told. Don't even make your own face coverings. It does no good. It's not going to protect you. It might protect other people, but by the way, cloth isn't going to stop anything anyway. Cloth is porous. I don't care how how high the thread count of the cloth might be either. 
the great analogy we got from Rob, Rob Walgate on yesterday's, um, uh, yesterday's show. Trying to use a piece of cloth to stop germs and microscopic droplets from escaping your mouth when you sneeze or cough is like trying to hide behind a chain-link fence in a gunfight. It isn't going to help you at all. But it's going to scare people. Mandatory face coverings in all public places is going to continue to scare people. And when people are scared, what will they do? Altogether now, anything you tell them. So what are we doing? How much longer are we going to let this nonsense go? How much longer are we going to see our economy hijacked? And by the economy, again, I don't mean rich people. I mean people. People are the economy. Workers are the economy. Business owners are the economy. Taxpayers are the economy. We're going to wait. Now, we said we had to flatten the curve before we could open everything up to all of those things. Now what? Now what? Curve's flattened. Hospitals are empty. Healthcare workers are furloughed, laid off. Now what? Now we're going to wait until everybody is tested? Is that it? Testing, 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 testing. What the hell good is testing if I test negative today, but in three weeks I might get it? All right, it's already tested. If we try it, Governor Chris Christie, former governor of New Jersey, Chris Christie, was on ABC, had this to say about testing. It's very important, but it's not the be-all and end-all, Lindsay. It's important for us to be able to test, but if we wait until we can test every American to be able to reopen our economy, we won't have an economy left. And that's a simple fact of what's going on in our country right now. People are growing frustrated. You have states that won't give any timelines to people as to when they're going to be able to leave their homes. You have states right now who have closed parks and golf courses. Um, People can't leave their home to go for a walk. Um, This isn't what we need to do now. Now, we've been shut down now for about five weeks. Um, The American people need a timeline from their governors as to when they're going to do this. A timeline that your governor is going to stick to, Mike DeWine. A timeline you're going to stick to. Mike, no spine. A timeline that you're going to actually that's going to actually mean something to people. Bob is in Strongsville on AM fourteen twenty. The answer, Bob, go right ahead, sir. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. Thanks for being a voice of reason for everybody. The testing bothers me too. I know there's two kinds of diagnostic, which is the swab tells you either have it or you don't. But I'm more concerned about the serological, the blood test. And that if you get the antibodies, if you if you get the disease, you supposedly have antibodies. But I'm afraid they're going to try to go to this contact tracing, where they want to trace where everybody's going. And then finally, are all the children going to be tested before they're allowed to go back to school? Thanks. I'll hang up and listen. Well, they are doing. Con- Thank you, Bob, for the call. They are. They are, and they talked about this yesterday. In fact, what did uh, Dewine say? Some seventeen hundred people are going to be hired or transitioned from different roles that they already have into uh, being contact tracers. They're going to try to trace everybody's movement. Who are you? Where have you been? Whom have you seen? Who have you touched? Of people who are sick. How many degrees of separation? By the way, they're going to go. See, that's the real thing with this contact tracing. If I was talking to a guy in the grocery store yesterday and we were, you know, uh, less than six feet apart, and then we find out that his wife um, is, na- well, they are neighbors, but his wife was talking to a neighbor whose cousin 
um, uh, whose cousin's wife ended up having coronavirus. How many degrees of separation are we going to contact trace? From the cousin's wife to the cousin to the neighbor to the wife to my friend to me in the grocery store? Am I supposed to be quarantined now because six degrees later, somebody, or six degrees apart of separation apart, somebody else had coronavirus? Is that what they're going to do? I'm worried about what they're going to do with contact tracing also. What does that mean? And as far as testing everybody, I'll be honest with you, as I said previously, what happens if they test everybody and and many of us don't test positive for the antibodies? Now, first of all, I think just like New York is finding out, just like Florida is finding out, antibodies testing is proving that far, 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 far more people have already had this and didn't even know it than anybody ever knew before because the symptoms are so doggone mild in almost everybody. It's such a small number of people who end up needing to be hospitalized. Comparatively, in a nation of 330 million people, a tiny, 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 tiny fraction have had to be hospitalized and a far, 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 far tinier fraction of people have died from this, right? But if they test everybody, what are they going to do with that information? You haven't been, you you don't have the antibodies. You don't, you, you, we can't prove that you already had it, so therefore you're not immune to it, so therefore what? You're going to quarantine me until I get it? If, and, and like Chris Christie said, it, even if there was some sense and reason to that, which there isn't, if we wait to test every American until we reopen our economy, if we have to test everybody to see where it is right now before we reopen the economy, we will not have an economy left, period, point blank, end of story. Tomorrow, or excuse me, Thursday, we're going to get another four to five million people added to the 26 plus million who have filed for unemployment in the last five weeks. We're going to be up over 30. And a couple of, a week after that, we're going to be up over 34. How high can we go? Seriously. What's it going to take? Half the American population being unemployed before we say, you know what? There are risks in life. There are diseases in the air that are going to kill people every day, including pneumonia and influenza. And we have to put people to work. Just like we know that there are going to be people dying on America's roads every single day. 30 to 40,000 people die per year. Millions injured every year on America's highways. And we send them out there in their, into their shiny metal boxes in a suicidal race, and yes, I stole that line from Sting and the police, but we send them out there on their little suicide race, knowing people are going to crash and die, but saying, hey, we got to get people from here to there anyway. You want to save lives? Shut down the roads. Ban the automobile. You will save 30,000, 40,000 lives a year, and 2 million people won't get injured that would have otherwise. But do we do that? No. Because life must go on, and life goes on with the risks of people not getting into or possibly getting into crashes and dying. Consider the coronavirus a crash. Consider the highways, our lives, our commerce, our economy, our jobs, our livelihoods. Sherry is in Akron on AM 1420, The Answer. Sherry, thanks for your patience. Go ahead. Yes, good morning. Um, you kind of asked the same question I was going to ask. Um, I was so furious yesterday that, I mean, I couldn't even sleep last night. I've had it up to my to my ears with the, the government, everything right now in the nation with this. And my question is, is this really constitutional, unconstitutional what they're doing? Because I, I got up and I'm on Google at 3 o'clock in the morning, and two states are already suing the governors over this. 
mandating them to wear a mask. I mean, you cannot do that. I mean, in my logic of an American citizen, and I have another, I have another thing. Where's our legislature? Where are they? Like they're missing. They can come out and they can sign all this thirty-something people or whatever, but they have done nothing. And I'm just—I mean, I'm as mad as you are, Bob. I, my husband just said, "This is our new life." They want to—they will drag this out as long as they can. And he didn't even put a time frame on when those masks can be taken off. That's right. That's right. Because because well, why would he? Well, even if he did, he's not going to stick to it. He hasn't stuck to any timeline or deadline that he has given thus far. So because he doesn't know, he literally knows he's going to be making it up the next round and the next round. He's making it up as he goes along. There's no science to it at all. Every decision that Mike Nospine makes right now is politics. It's a political decision. It's a power decision. It's not based in science at all because the science says this thing is on the wane. It is ebbing. It is it is not flowing. It is going away. It is dying. And more and more people need to go back to work right now. The science says the peak came and went a long time ago, and we have a teeny tiny itsy bitsy fraction of the cases in Ohio that we thought we would have. And so therefore, let's get everybody back to work. The science says go back to work. He's not listening to science. He's listening to his own political and, uh, and power motivated gut. Thank you for the call, my friend. I appreciate it. It's 952. Back after this. Your hands to yourself. All right, 9, uh, 957, rather, and 1420, the answer. A reminder, uh, Kirsten now is coming on at 1010, and Peter will be with us for the entire hour. But, little caveat here, we're going to take your phone calls. If you've wanted to ask Peter Kersenow a question about the Constitution, about the law, about something having to do with the uh, Commission on Civil Rights, uh, upon which he sits, uh, if you've ever wanted to ask Peter a question, he's going to be with us for the full hour, so you'll have that opportunity. Uh, let's go to Christian, calling us from Menor on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Christian, go ahead. All right, good morning, Bob. Um, I'm going to be using their argument that it's my body, my choice, okay, with in regards to the mask, okay? And, I like it. Um, yeah, right? You know, I'm going to tell you, um, I think what this is all about is that they want to force us to wear these masks in this country like their comrades in China, okay? It's a visual form of control. We can see that, okay? Um, people should resist because you see all these sheeple out there who just go along Okay, with this and resist the uh, fascist mask. I think we ought to go there and just stick with that because I'll tell you what, I will not wear a mask anywhere I go. Okay, because either I'm going to get it or I'm going to die from it. You know what I mean? And we're going to come across this eventually, no matter what. Now, years ago, I attended an eight meeting. This is the motorcycle riders who chose not to wear the helmets. I don't know if you ever heard of them, but that was uh, back in the sure. 80s. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, so, you know, and it's freedom of choice is what it all boils down to. And this is just a form of that being taken away from us. And that's all they want. This is the first step. Showing people to conform. Wear your little mask, little soldier. Go out there. Show everybody else to be a good little soldier just like you. I'm not doing it, man. 
and neither should anybody else. I appreciate That's it. Thank point. you, Christian. It's, you make great points all the way along, all along. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Let me squeeze one more in before the uh, top of the hour. We'll go to Medina and Bob on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Bob. Go ahead. Okay, yeah, I'll go as fast as I can. Thanks for having me on, Bob. Yes, um, one of the things that I remembered when I uh, um, it came to I came to the realization that this Mike DeWine didn't have a clue was I forget exactly what date it was, but remember when he uh, uh, was uh, ordered all the public schools to be shut down on a Tuesday, and I think he ordered that like on a uh, on the previous Wednesday or Thursday That's that on right. Tuesday. Yeah, uh, well, in Medina here, our uh, uh, superintendent, you know, for Medina uh, Public Schools, just shut it down on Thursday. You know, I mean, he held the same, uh, you know, uh, opinion, you know. I mean, what's going to be the difference between, uh, you know, shutting it down on Tuesday if you're going to shut it down? Shut it down now. You know, yeah, and well, that, yeah, that's exactly it. And that's what I mean when I say they're just making it up as they go. They make yep. arbitrary. Remember, remember the, one of the first things they did was they said, well, um, you know, we should, uh, the cap, the number of people that can be in one room at the same time at 100. Uh, at, at, at 99, you guys are safe. But at 100 or 101, holy God, now, now we're all going to die. They made these arbitrary numbers and then they made arbitrary dates, like you said. And thank you for the call. I got to go, Bob. They made the arbitrary dates on when to shut shutting certain things down. And now yesterday on April 27th, Mike No Spine is telling us that, hey, get going to the stores now and greeting the public with no masks today and tomorrow and for the next two weeks is fine. But come May 14th or May 12th or whatever it is, now masks must be worn in order to save lives. So in other words, we can kill anybody we want between now and and the 14th by coughing on people. But, uh, well, and by the way, we'll stop that with just some kind of face covering. Doesn't even have to be an N95 mask, just some kind of a face covering, which we were told by the experts was useless three weeks ago, four weeks ago, five weeks ago, and six weeks ago. They're making it up as they go. Curse